you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. You got it right here on The Press Zone. We're so glad you're joining us again this week. Second show of the week. Can you believe it? Uh, Welcome and thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. And of course, I'm joined every week by my wonderful co-host. And he's back again with me today. And that would be the one and only Rick Stevens. And welcome. We are officially in the post-draft era and free agency frenzy Eve. (laughs) All in the same week. (laughs) Joined every week, as you said, and sometimes twice a week. Sometimes. <laughs> it's you again. It's, yeah. It's you um, again. Yeah, this week we could have had a podcast every single night, uh, given the amount of news that's Ugh. happened. Um, I'm tired. Are you? <laughs> the free agency's not even here yet, and I'm like, okay, time out. Well, and um, normally we're at the draft. We're, yeah. we're, we're there. We're there uh, in the stands, in the lower bowl, I like um, it much better that way. Right next to the draft floor, uh, surrounded by, sometimes we're surrounded by, well, most times we're surrounded by families and draftees, as well as our Rocket Sports uh, team members, as well as our Rocket Sports contest winners. Mm-hmm. Um, this was this was different, and oh my goodness, it was um, it wasn't fun. I, I want to get back. It really was No, it was long <laughs> and drawn out and... I told um, I sent a message on our team chat afterwards. I said I don't ever want to do that again. Where's Where's Jim Gregory? We get things moving. Oh. Um, and and our condolences to well, is the first draft without Jim met, Gregory. But we missed Jim Jim Gregory. And it, and yeah, part of it was was the the remoteness. But uh, you know, Jim knows how to keep things moving. He does. Um, and it, things were a lot slower. Um, the the second round. Oh. <laughs> Uh, from from sun up to sundown, I think is basically how that went. It took forever, and and I actually thought that I mean the second day of the draft typically moves along pretty quickly, mm-hmm. um, and I thought it was going to be even faster being a virtual draft because there's not anybody getting up and down and walking the tables and walking up. There there's none of that going on. It's all being done on the phone and on the computer. So like. I've thought, hey, this is probably going to really fly. No. 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 I was like, oh, I guess, well, I'll make dinner now uh, in the middle of this. And um, (laughs) it was nuts. But I will give, now this is rare, so uh, turn on your. Oh, God. Yeah, turn on your record function. Oh, boy. I'm going to compliment Gary Gary Batman. Batman. Oh, my. For essentially staying out of the way 
Um, uh, he was he was so subdued and droll and and uh, like his cat died. He uh, he had it was an extremely was, low energy Batman. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess he didn't have the the booze to feed on feed off of. And um, there was no booing. The booze no. were not there. Uh, yeah, I should specify. I was yeah, it, not the alcoholic booze. Yeah, right. uh, we're saying the the crowd booing displeasure. Booze. Yes. <laughs> Which uh, have become a tradition at the draft. Are you sure you're not throwing accusations around no. here? <laughs> Although he does have those rosy Stop. cheeks and Stop red it. Be nice. But um, we think back to the NFL draft and the, the debacle that was oh, Roger Goodell Roger in Goodell his basement uh, with terrible. the, you know. Um, terrible. Yeah, the lounge chair and and the, the, the fans in the Zoom call and behind him and, and him trying to interact with those fans and... It was it was terrible. At least Gary just played it straight, and it was if from the beautiful offices, as he said in Secaucus, New Jersey. Yes, um, yes, he played it rather straight. Uh, com- so, commissioner wise, I I I appreciated pretty how straightforward he he did things and didn't take the goofy route like Goodell did. Uh, the one thing though that I was really missing was I was expecting teams have had so long to to get ready for this. I was expecting some really fantastic um team video montages or yeah. team video something like I was expecting each team to have some sort of multimedia something. Well, from from everyone but the Montreal Canadiens because we know they are the worst social media team, They're the worst graphics video team on the planet of did, any sport did you catch when they misspelled one of their new tra- they misspelled yes luke they, tuck's name they did uh when they put up their graphic on they twitter did, and didn't notice it until fans <laughs> complained and and that's obviously i mean uh, they may know social media they may know but but these people don't know hockey and <laughs> and obviously that's not it, it's not a new name it's not a new hockey name you had a brother in there that paved the way if you know hockey you know how to spell the name and they blew it yeah well so that was that was the one thing that i was really missing i was really shocked that each team for for round 1 that each team um while they were on the clock for that 5 minutes that Normally, when we're there in person, there's a fantastic. Each team has their own uh, multimedia video package that plays on the jumbotron in the arena, mm-hmm. and I was really expecting to see that. Um, and instead, God help me if I ever have to watch the NHL Network for a draft ever again, I I might jump off a bridge. <laughs> um, I don't understand how a professional sports league can have their very own cable television network and oh, be so terrible yeah. at television. Um, it was the, the coverage was not Sam Cosentino was the only saving grace on their our coverage. Buddy Sam, our who, buddy Sam, who doesn't get the recognition that some of the other celebrity uh, prospect raiders do, but Sam. Yeah, is, Sam knows his stuff. He does. He's honest. He's in the arenas. He's yes. he's there doing the work. He's there meeting the prospects. And he knows he knows them all. Yeah, he does. He has seen them all and met them. Yes. Um. So that was the only part of the NHL network coverage that I appreciated was that I got we got Sam Costantino. Otherwise, it was abysmal. I would I would have given an arm to have had TSN or Sportsnet. Um. That's the one. One of the downfalls of living south of the border um, on days like this. But and no anthems. 
And no anthems. That's right. Right. We didn't do any anthems. One of the best parts of the the draft in Chicago, mm-hmm. in the United Center, was Jim Cornelison stepping out and filling that arena with Belting. his yeah. with two anthems with his voice. And that was yeah, it gave me gave me chills mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I can't remember if Lauren Hart sang the anthem at the draft in Philadelphia. Mm, I can't remember. I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't I remember. Think, I think Maybe? so. I think so. I don't remember. Maybe on tape. It's possible. Anyway, uh, we're just hoping that the next time it was, it was a unique experience. Um, it was a lot harder to do the draft from home. Really, it was. You're just so much more engaged in what's happening with all of the picks when you're in the arena. So it was... Um, and you have everyone in hockey uh, wandering by. Right. And you're able to pick their brain. Well, what did you think of that pick? Well, right. what, what, how, about the, how about that guy? What did you think of the trade? Although there weren't uh, trades, many trades. Uh, some Mark, picks. Mark Bergevin yeah, took he, care of he that. Likes to, he likes to get rid of his picks. Yeah. Trade for the sake of trading. So we are going to talk about the draft today. We're first, uh, as as we mentioned on Monday, if you missed it, we did a preview show on Monday, uh, previewing the draft and and our thoughts on on what the Canadians and the Flyers would need to do uh, in the draft. And so, if you missed that, and if you're curious to see, um, kind of the the pre draft analysis we did and some predictions of who the teams would target. I invite you to go back and listen to that episode. Uh, but then we promised you that we would be back for a second time again uh, for another shorter than usual episode today on Thursday to give you our reaction and our analysis. So before we do that, we're going to have uh, our first segment. We're just going to quickly run through. As Rick said, we could have probably done a one-hour show every day this week. There has been an enormous quantity of news that keeps happening. Uh, it's like you're afraid to put your phone down because you're going to miss something. Uh, so we're going to run down some quick news headlines first and just give some brief thoughts on that. And then uh, in our second segment, we will uh, kind of in in a summation form. We're not going to go through every single pick of of the Canadians and and the Flyers, but we're going to just take a look in general at what the two teams did. Did they did they target the types of players that they needed to? Did we like the picks? Did we not like the picks? Why? Um and get you all set up for free agency to open tomorrow. So with that, um I would be remiss to say as you said you as I just said, you're almost afraid to put your phone down. And in fact, sitting down to uh, at my desk to to begin this podcast, look at the look at the phone, and oh, <laughs> Josh Anderson got signed. So we should start with that, um, which obviously means you might say, Josh, you know, if you've been living in a cave, you'd say, Josh Anderson, what does that have to do with anything? Well, Max Domi got traded. That was one of the news items for today. Max Domi got traded a couple of days ago uh, to Columbus, uh, to the Blue Jackets, and uh, Josh Anderson coming back in that trade. Uh, and so, Rick, now the Canadians have signed him to a seven-year contract. Um, that's a hefty number. Well, the reason Josh Anderson was available in the first place uh, was that uh, he it was unlikely, uh, given the initial conversations, that they were were going to be able to come to an agreement in Columbus. 
And it was probably because of uh, just what happened with uh, Mark Bergevin signing him to the seven-year, $5.5 million a year average contract. Um, it's, uh, it's a hefty deal. It's for uh, an extended period of time. And given uh, Josh Anderson's history, that is his injury history, it's, uh, it's more than a bit of a gamble. Um, now you might look at the, the other side of the coin and Max Domi, given his up and down play, and, Mm -hmm. uh, that's a gamble too. Now, uh, in Columbus, uh, he, a contract was signed as well, uh, but just a two year contract at 5.3 million per year for Max Domi. So we'll see. Um, Josh Anderson says his shoulder's good, um, we're hoping, knock on wood, that that continues to be the case. We're hope as seven years is a long time to commit to a guy um, who who has had some injury issues. So we'll see. Uh, could end up being a, a great deal for Mark Bergevin if if Josh Anderson turns into the you know returns to the scoring that that he has the potential to have, um, or it could end up being another you know pay big and pay and and pay too long in term uh for a guy that that ends up not producing the way you wanted him to so uh, this will be a this will be an, a key trade to keep an eye on uh and a, and a key contract to see how it turns out uh speaking of contact uh, contracts however uh noah Julson was extended a contract extension this week one year uh it's a one year two-way NHL contract, so making $700,000 in the NHL and $125,000 in the AHL. And and Rick, you know, Julson's only 23 years old. It's it's odd. It's You, f- you forget how young he is because it feels like he's been around for, for much longer <laughs> than, than he has. Um, but it's simply, I think, because he hasn't really, because he hasn't had a chance to really get started in this career of his because of of the unfortunate injuries that he sustained um i'm glad to see that they've that they've signed him for another year and i hope this next season is the season that noah Julson gets to break out and actually uh start his career path on a good foot well he he was on a a, a pretty normal uh, trajectory and was developing quite quickly mm-hmm. um and uh, and a couple of injury bumps along the way, but then it was you know he had finally solidified his place in the NHL, um, and and he had started his career, and and then the 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 back to back injuries, and basically he's been he's taken two years to um, recover from that. Um, yeah. So right now he's he's slated um, to probably start in the AHL when the season gets going. But um, if he gets bumped up to the NHL, then there's another contract that will have to be um, considered with respect to the, the uh, salary, its cap hit and the, and the salary cap. Well, that's, you know, in, in, in previous weeks, we've talked about, you know, how much cap space Mark Bergevin has to work with, the signings that he's been making over the last number of weeks and so so forth, and and how you've you've mentioned that in, in previous years, it, Bergevin's tendency is to not spend up to the cap, but it's the 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 purse, the wallet's starting to get a little tight, isn't it? It is. Um, Mark Bergevin said that they will not be spending to the cap this year. 
uh, that he's going to hold some back um, for injuries and whatnot, even though there's injury early built in. Um, uh, but let's assume uh, he spends to the cap. If he does, he has $5 million left. Out of that $5 million, uh, there's Houdon, there's Meta, there's Ouellette, and then there's those guys in the AHL that should they um, graduate, should they play games uh, in, the, in the NHL, they'll have to be accounted for as part of the salary cap. Now, we're not saying that, that all of them are going to make the team, but mm-hmm. I don't think that none of them will make the team. Right. And those guys include, as I said, Noah Juleson, Ryan Paling, Jake Evans. You'd think Jake Evans uh, yeah. it has uh, a good shot at being on the fourth line. So that $5 million is going to evaporate quickly. And, um, you know, with all fans expecting yet uh, a big free agent splash, um, they, they might be disappointed unless Mark Bergevin can arrange a few more trades to, to move some money out. And that's just it. Darren Drager threw threw fuel on that fire this morning when he when he went on TSN radio today and said that uh, you know it's he he believes it's down to three teams after Taylor Hall and that Montreal's one of them. So as you were we were talking before the show and you said there with with five million dollars left in cap and and these other contracts left to sign, there's he doesn't have room to sign a Taylor Hall unless, as you say, he makes another big move. And, um, you know, folks were saying that, well, uh, he'll have relief on the, the Carl Alsner money. Well, that's already been included because uh, something happened. Uh, if there wasn't enough news, something else happened this week. That's right. Carl Alsner finally got bought out, uh, placed on unconditional waivers for the purpose of buying out the remaining two years of his contract. I have to say, congratulations, Carl. Mm-hmm. You deserve that. Yep. Get get cut loose from this organization that's that didn't allow you a way out last summer. Um, and after you specifically said, I do not wish to play anymore in the AHL. It's not where I need to be. Uh, that's exactly where they had you play. And and he took it on the chin. He was um he handled it exceptionally well, like a like a consummate professional. He was a good mentor to young defensemen in Laval, but Carl Alsner deserves to to focus on Carl Alsner now. Carl Alsner is not a bad defenseman. Carl Alsner's style and the style he uh, plays and the style that kept him in the league. Remember that uh, Carl Alsner had an Ironman streak that was pretty impressive yeah. before he arrived in Montreal and continued for a bit uh, uh, in Montreal. Um, that 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 style was well known to uh, Mark Bergevin to uh, the pro scouts that that's what he would be playing. And Claude Julien said, "No, that's not what you're going to play here." We're going to change you completely. And and it, Carl Alsner had a real difficulty. He said he had real difficulty with the system, completely different from what his natural instincts were. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it, it he fell in disfavor with with uh, Claude, Claude Julian, Julian and JJ Daniel, who I don't think was um, you know. Did any favors for him, and, and JJ Daniel was obviously not a very good coach. So I don't miss um, JJ Daniel. Yeah, it it um it, it was a difficult time, but at, at least Carl Elsner is 
is uh, now free to pursue other opportunities, uh, f- but he'll be on the Canadian's books for the next four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, this season, there'll be $4 million of dead money um, to account for Carl Olsner's buyout. And when we, and when we you know, just to, before we move on to the, the bit of Flyers news, just one quick comment, you know, it's things like that, the, the money that's going to be on the books this year and, and for the next four years for Alsner. And we're talking about how tight now the money situation is for Mark Bergevin. Then it makes me go back and say, but you needed to pay $4 million to sign Jake Allen? Mm-hmm. And look at the look at the number of goaltenders that are going to be available at noon tomorrow. I yeah. mean, there are a ton of them uh, that absolutely... Mark Bergevin could have gotten a decent backup goaltender for a lot less than he's paying Jake Allen if he had waited for free agency. So uh, I'm still not, I'm still not sold on that on that deal. Penguins couldn't get their price for Matt Murray. Wanted a first, got a second. Uh, to get rid of uh, Devin Dumnik, they had to uh, hold on to half the half of his salary. The goaltender um, market, the goaltending market is oversaturated and Absolutely. and. Uh, uh, teams will be able to get deals. It's a it's a buyer's market, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, so spending that much money on Jake Allen now with things so tight, to me, it doesn't look like the smartest decision, but we'll see how all of that plays out. Uh, we did mention there is one piece of Flyers news as well. The Flyers, um, for their part, focused mostly on the draft <laughs> this week, as they should, uh, but there were three RFAs left uh, to be uh, qualified who hadn't yet signed contracts for the Flyers. That was defenseman Philippe Myers and forwards Nolan Patrick and Mikhail Vorobiev. All three of them were extended qualifying offers, so the Flyers will retain their negotiating rights, and now it'll just be a matter of time to see um, what what the contracts that uh, get negotiated look like for the three of them. So um, happy to see all three. Um, obviously, Philippe Myers had a tremendous season this year, uh, was was exceptional in the in the playoffs, uh, and and certainly has solidified his place on that roster. Mikhail Vorobiev um, is is really coming along nicely. He's over in Europe right now playing. Um, played forty five games for the Phantoms this past year, twenty games for the Flyers. So that's another solid sign- signing. And Nolan Patrick continues to um, get healthy. Basically, it'd be um, nice to see him back it, once he's ready. Absolutely. So, good uh, good news on on all fronts there with those qualifying offers. So, what we're going to do right now is take one quick break. When we come back on the other side of these commercials messages, uh, we will talk about the draft and we'll talk about who Montreal and Philadelphia selected in the 2020 NHL entry draft and our thoughts on those picks. So, don't go anywhere. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. 
Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report. Again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And of course, be sure you're following us on Twitter at the AHL Report or at the Flyers Report if you're a Flyers fan. In fact, if you've been uh, following along with us all this week during the draft, uh, or if you haven't and you'd like a, a quick visual reference of who the Canadians and the Flyers both respectively selected in the NHL draft, be sure you go to at the AHL report and at the Flyers report, and you'll see a series of, of graphics that we put out after each pick, which just gives you the kind of the quick hit information on each of the draftees, uh, their name, their position, uh, what side they shoot, uh, their their height, weight, and, and where they currently play hockey. So uh, be sure you're following there. Uh, there will be more news to come, of course, with free agency happening this weekend. So be sure you're following along on Twitter. So... Uh, it was a little odd having um, the draft in October. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. for sure. I think it was weird for some draftees, uh, not only because it was virtual, but particularly in rounds two through seven on the second day, um, some of them, of course, were on their college campuses. Uh, for the first round, uh, some some of them had to get special permission from professors to not attend late day classes so that they could attend to their their pre-draft duties. Uh, there were there were guys who were um, in the middle of team practices the next day and whatnot and and would practice would come to a halt and someone would yell out, hey, you just got drafted. I mean, it, it was it was definitely different. Um one thing that wasn't different, though, was last year, Rick, uh, Montreal drafted a lot of defensemen. And so with their 16th overall pick in the first round this year, um, we were thinking forward. Um, and no, they went defensemen. Well, and, <laughs> and not only because of the history of last year taking so many defensemen, but this was a, a forward-heavy draft, particularly in the first round, that there was a lot of value in the forward picks. And we saw, you know, um, uh, 
picks like Cole Perfetti and and, uh, and other falling to um, mm-hmm. uh, the Jets and yeah. um, uh, Marco Rossi was the other one I was trying to think of falling to nine and ten in the draft. Uh, two excellent players. Um, so, but but when we were putting our possible picks together, and we did that on the Canadians Connection, myself and and Joe Whalen. Uh, I wanted to make sure to include a defenseman, and the one that I had uh, ranked uh, as being um, highest uh, in that would be available in that position was Braden Schneider. So, of course, the Canadians ignored that, and they took Caden Gooley. That's right. Um, which is which is fine. Um, <laughs> I I still think that uh, Braden Schneider is uh, the better defenseman only because of of uh, hockey sense. But he went a few picks later to uh, the Rangers, not unlike when Louis LeBlanc was mm. taken, and then a few picks later, Chris Kreider Chris was taken Kreider by was the taken. Rangers. Hey, no, no, uh, no, 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 no. I'm not I'm not getting into any of that, and and not not saying that uh, Caden Gooley is going to be a bust. Far from it. Uh, and uh, just sidebar, uh, hello, Rangers had quite a first round. Right. Oh, for sure. Uh, uh, Alexi Lafreniere is just one piece of that puzzle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Rangers in Ottawa. Rangers, Ottawa, New Jersey. Yeah. Um, they all had pretty good draft pools coming in. They have much better draft pools going out. Oh, yeah. Uh, so the Canadians do end up with Caden Gooley. He's a he's a defenseman, shoots uh, left-handed, six two one eighty six. Currently plays with the Prince Albert Raiders in the WHL. Um, what what do we expect from from a defenseman like this taking taking halfway through the first round? Big, physical, and very mean. Um, All right, skates pretty well, <laughs> can move the puck. Um, has a hard time. The hockey sense is where most of the scouts have concerns. His reads, uh, his his ability to establish a gap because he he maybe mis misplays things. So he has he has time to work that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he is a guy who is big and mean. And and um, if the Canadians had on their uh, to do list to get bigger. Uh, to get guys who were weren't afraid to use their physicality, then uh, mission accomplished, I guess. Now, just a few picks later, uh, Philadelphia was on the clock, um, and they ended up selecting someone that both Rick and I, uh, neither Rick and I, had had on um, our kind of narrowed down list of who they might go after. To be fair, some of the ones uh, had already been selected, uh, had already gone, but they ended up with a forward, a right winger named Tyson Forster, uh, 6'1", 194, plays for the Barry Colts in the OHL. And Rick, while while this young man uh, certainly comes with a full package of, of um, shooting ability, scoring ability, um, hockey sense, and those things, there's one big glaring question mark his attraction is is his ability to score he's a goal scorer um he's got one of the one of the best shots in in the first round um but his skating is um is 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 really weak and um it's many scouts and the scouts were kind of divided on this but many scouts think that it's the kind of flaw that will keep him out of the NHL it's that serious and it's because it's not it's not something it's not a technique it's it's more um a flaw in 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 the, his approach to it and it's an ankle pronation we're not going to get into the mechanics, <laughs> the mechanics of, that, of what that but, is <laughs> but um yeah that's a real big question mark 
Now, we, we heard a uh, similar concern about Bobby Brinks um, not too long ago, and, mm-hmm. um, and but the Flyers were unafraid and, and took him anyway and uh, seemingly weren't put off by the skating issues with Forrester. That's right. So if, if they feel that the skating issue with Forrester is something that they can work on correcting, if they're successful in doing that, then this was a tremendous pick for the Flyers. He could turn into a very big piece of, of their roster down the road. It's all going to hinge on the skating. Uh, so we will see. Uh, so not um, knock it out of the park picks for the first round for either one of the teams. I think they're both kind of, okay, these two both have potential, um, but they're not players who you're going to see um, – opening night and the roster in their first season. Uh, these are guys, they're, they're, they're going to develop. Um, now in the second round, the Flyers, um, actually we'll, we'll go back, we'll go back to Montreal first because Montreal picked uh, back-to-back, pick 47 and 48, um, and uh, tapped the U.S. National Team Development Program, the U.S. NTDP program for Luke Tuck, uh, who uh, 6'2", 203-pound left winger, um, I th- and and the younger brother of Alex Tuck. I'm sure you'll know that name. Um, and and Rick, I think that this was a decent pick. I think Luke Tuck is going to be one um, one to watch, and I think that he's got a lot of upside. He's um, this is a, for me. It's an okay pick. It kind of a reach, though. Uh, he was he was uh, ranked, uh, you know, third or fourth round by by many. Um, but when we when I said uh, big and mean, um, uh, <laughs> this is uh, the uh, another this, one. Yeah, just cut and paste. Yeah. Uh, for Luke Tuck, um, he's the 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 problem is he doesn't show that on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there's a lot of inconsistency to his game, but uh, you know he has quite a cheerleader uh, from Vegas in brother Alex. Yeah. Uh, and a good role model there. Um, so if if he can get on track in a more consistent effort, um, he'll be very helpful to to the Canadians who are are looking, obviously, who had a bias for size in this draft. Absolutely. So the very next p- selection, uh, the the Canadians were at it again. Uh, this time they pulled from the Hamilton Bulldogs in the OHL. Uh, a center, Jan Mishak, uh, shoots left. He's Smaller though, 5'10", 175 pounds. Uh, what are what are your thoughts on Jan Mishak? Well, once you've taken the the two bigger guys, you can <laughs> you have some freedom to, uh, to 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 take some skill. This is a tremendous pick at at this level. Yeah, um, I I think the Canadians were probably surprised he was available, and the only reason he would have been um, available at the forty eighth pick is because of size, uh, but tons of skill. And uh, he's he's skill, um, quickness, compete level, uh, work ethic. Um, he's he's a, a pretty nice package. Philadelphia then selected just six picks later at pick fifty four, uh, and went Svenska uh, Emil Andrea playing for HV seventy one Junior. That's in the Swedish Junior League. He's a defenseman. 58181 small defenseman um but i think this could this could turn out to be to be a, a pick that um i think is going to i think this one could be really interesting for the flyers i like this pick a yeah. lot uh he's a very mobile 
um, offensive defenseman, uh, can move the puck very well, that modern uh, 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 defensive type. Now, of course, his his size is going to be an issue, and it was an issue in the draft as, as I think um, he fell because of his size. But uh, if if the NHL keeps moving in the direction that have a make a place for smaller mobile defensemen, then uh, he's a good asset to have. Absolutely. Now both teams had off in the third round, came back in the fourth round. Uh, that's when Mark Bergevin started trading trading picks away. Uh, as did Philly. Actually, Philly traded. Whereas Mark Bergevin traded down, uh, Philly traded up to. Uh, got rid of their 116th and 147th overall picks to move up to pick 94 to take uh, forward right-winger Zade Wisdom, who plays for the Kingston Frontenacs in the OHL. Uh, he's a 5'10", 195 pounds. And uh, this this kid, I think, is going to be one to, to... I'm curious to see how he's going to develop. Um, Wayne Simmons, you know, Wayne Simmons was a fan favorite in Philadelphia. He fit into the Philadelphia system very well. He was effective for the Flyers. And uh, now that he's not there anymore, people, you know, they're missing that Wayne Simmons element. Wayne Simmons tweeted when Zade Wisdom got drafted and he said, Philly, you're about to have a new fan favorite. Wayne Simmons is very uh, much involved with this young man, and and apparently Zade Wisdom uh, patterns his game a lot after Wayne Simmons. So um, there's a lot of hype around him. There's a lot of excitement about him, and I th- I think there is uh, some some legitimate skill there as well. Uh, it'll just be interesting to see how he develops. Let's let's not confuse people though. It, no, he's not he's, Wayne he's, Simmons. <laughs> he, he's not the stature of, of <laughs> no. Wayne Simmons, five ten, one ninety five. Um, there's nothing that he does particularly um, in an outstanding way, but he works very hard. Yes, um, he has a great story. Uh, he he has a great work ethic mm-hmm. and uh, and the kind who. Um, you know, with present when presented with a challenge is, is looking to overcome it. And that's what you want from your prospects. And I think that fits very, I think that fits in very well with the Philadelphia Flyers. I think organizationally, I think this was a smart pick. Um, for the Habs then that left them with two selections in the fourth round, Jack Smith and Blake Biondi at 102 and 109, starting with Jack Smith, uh, you know, We've always said Rick Trevor Timmons likes to go the high school route, and this was his first time doing that in this draft. Uh, high school student out of Minnesota, St. Cloud Cathedral. Uh, another center, 5'11", 182 pounds. Uh, what are your thoughts on this guy? Well, let's take uh, Smith and Biondi together, uh, both in the fourth round, just seven picks apart, both from Minnesota, the Minnesota high school program, one from St. Cloud, one from Hermantown, and both are... Uh, on their ways to uh, eventually NCAA hockey, um, mm-hmm. I expect. Um, Smith is is a, is a playmaker, and and uh, I think these are the kinds of long term projects that uh, Trevor Timmons likes. Uh, he sees he sees good hockey sense. He sees a bit of skill um, and and sees some playmaking ability, and thinks that at this level. Uh, they they make good long term uh, projects for the Montreal Canadiens. I should actually uh, correct myself. Uh, the Canadians did end up with with three selections in the fourth round when they traded um, their their uh, 
57th overall pick. They ended up with the, the last pick in the fourth round, which is 124, and he fits in very well with the Jack Smith and Blake Biondi story that, that Rick just told you. That would be Sean Farrell, another center, uh, and this one from Chicago in the USHL. Uh, small, though, 5'8", 175. Uh, so three centers there, Rick, in the, in the fourth round. Coming from the USHL, this guy is uh, one that... that uh, the Canadians were were really happy to get. I think uh, Trevor Timmons described him as a uh, the, a personality of a Brendan Gallagher. Um, just outstanding work ethic, compete level, uh, the kind of guy who 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 won't be denied. And mm-hmm. uh, so again, this is this is uh, somebody else who um, he's in the USHL with uh, with Chicago right now. Uh, he has an invitation to the U.S. World Junior Camp, and then he's off to uh, Harvard um, at some point in NCAA. So, uh, you know, a, a long road, but but uh, um, I, I should I should just kind of summarize and say that um, that Mark Bergevin had said the other day that uh, the coronavirus wasn't going to affect their draft strategy. Uh, but it didn't quite turn out that way. And, and Trevor Timmons afterwards kind of disagreed with his general manager. Um, and you have to ask the question, were the Canadians cautious about taking players from the CHL? Because you notice uh, right off the hop, you have uh, players, uh, you have uh, Gooley and, and Meshach uh, from the CHL with uh, Luke Tuck, uh, uh, the American in, in between there. But the rest of the picks... Uh, apart from from the two uh, CHL picks, five for, were from the U.S., one from Russia. And why is that significant in this kind of environment? Well, um, the rules, the way they are, for picks from the CHL, you have two years to, to sign those guys to an entry-level contract. For picks from the U.S., for picks from uh, Europe, you have a, a much longer window um, and why that's important this year is because there may be a reduced period of, of evaluation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they may not get as many games in uh, because of the coronavirus. So it seems, and I think Trevor Timmons sort of confirmed that uh, it steered them uh, in, into, particularly in the later rounds where you need extra time to evaluate these guys, uh, that uh, they, they were steered into picks that uh, they could take their time on. Absolutely. I am going to piggyback on one thing that you uh, did mention there in passing a moment ago, and that is the USA Hockey World Junior uh, Selection Camp uh, that is is actually starting. I believe I think it may have even started today. Um, we had mentioned it in 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 the previous episode that the Flyers have uh, Bobby Brink and Cam York uh, on the invite roster to that USA uh, World Junior Camp, and that the Canadians had Cole Caulfield and Jaden Struble. Well, now the Canadians after this draft now have four representatives uh, vying for a spot on the U.S.'s World Junior roster, Caulfield, Struble, and yes, Sean Farrell and Luke Tuck. So four Canadians prospects, two Flyers prospects, that's six guys uh, all vying for spots on the World Junior roster for the U.S., which is pretty tremendous. Fabulous. Uh, So... um, Basically, then from there, the Canadians uh, had two more selections. They had uh, Jacob Dobbis, uh, goaltender, believe it or not, and Alexander Gordon. Uh, he's a uh, left winger. Um, 
in the fifth round and the sixth round, uh, Bergevin ended up trading away his seventh round pick, um, stockpiling 2021 picks now. Um, and then for Philadelphia, they also picked in the fifth and sixth rounds, uh, Elia Denoye is a left winger and Connor McClellan in the sixth round, right winger. This was one that you actually like uh, said, Hey, I think I like that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, um, if I can just, let's see here. Um, McClellan and the funny thing, McClellan, uh, he is a forward. He's smaller again, five, eight, one sixty three. plays in the WHL for the Winnipeg ice. Um, and really has a great attitude about him. He, uh, wears the a in Winnipeg. Uh, he's coached by James Patrick and he said, you know, it's an honor for him to wear the a he he's, he's honored that his trust, uh, that his coach trusts him as he said today to, uh, to media trusts me to lead our group and it's a huge honor for him. Uh, also says that he models his game after Alex DeBrincat. So I'm not I'm not not mad about that. That's and the <laughs> kind of guy that's going to go through a brick wall for you. And, <laughs> and that's that's what you want. Uh, just a note before we leave this about Jakob Dobas, uh, the fifth round pick, uh, the goaltender out of Omaha, and that is that uh, he was brought to the attention of Trevor Timmons by our friend Vinny Riondo and mm. uh, who likes him quite a bit. And this is a Czech goaltender who's come over and committed himself to North American hockey uh, and is uh, on his way to Ohio State University. So um, Canadian's amateur scout, Vincent Riondo, uh, we know he extensively uh, scouts Europe, but also uh, North America for goaltending. And if he's good enough for Vinny, he's good enough for me. Absolutely. I think that's a great way to put it. So uh, overall, just quickly, how how what kind of grade would you give Montreal and Philly on their, on their drafts? How do you think they did? Well, uh, it's, it's tough for Philly because uh, they had far fewer picks. Um, they did. And, uh, but I think an average... These are two teams. Montreal, um, you know, was uh, was being raved. Their picks were being raved about last year. Probably mm-hmm. got an A or a B plus from uh, most of most of the the uh, commentators uh, last year, uh, mainly because of uh, Cole Caulfield, but uh, but also uh, Norlander and others, uh, Struble. Um, and uh, and and the the, the Flyers uh, certainly have gotten a lot of praise for particularly Ron Hickstall's picks over yeah. the, over the years in building the prospect pool. This year, I'd I'd say it was kind of average, um, both on both sides. I'd give yeah. I give C's for for both, um, and um, and it's it's kind of a. a, a you know, there there isn't that 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 big name. There's 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 right. question marks with with either side. So, uh, some good picks, some questionable picks, and and uh, I think an average grade for both. I'm gonna I'm gonna mostly agree with you. I'm just feeling a little more generous today, so I'll give them a B minus. All right. <laughs> well, uh, now we dive into free agency frenzy. So be sure to come back and join us again on our normal day, uh, which is Tuesday is when we'll be back for our next weekly episode. Uh, we'll be able to break down everything that has happened in free agency over the weekend. In addition, we have a very special guest uh, appearing on the show on Tuesday that you won't want mm. to miss. Uh, so it's a, it's a very fun interview uh, with with a, a former player from the Montreal Canadiens organization. So um, You better be listening, 
Joseph Whalen. That's right. Uh, so it'll be a it'll be a great show. You don't want to miss that. Um, be sure you're following us online uh, on Twitter at the AHL Report. You can find Rick at All Habs and myself at Flyers Rule. And uh, as of course, you can always go to thepresszone.com to find back episodes of this uh, podcast. If you missed the preview show on Monday, I invite you to go back to listen to it. And be sure to catch uh, Rick and Joseph's Canadians Connection episode this coming Saturday when they do a full breakdown just of Montreal uh, and what Montreal has done in this draft and and the, new, the news that's been coming out this week and, of course, any moves that Mark Bergevin makes for free agency. Um, Rick, it's been a whirlwind of a week and it's not over yet. That's right. <laughs> so we are going to get back to work uh, and get ready for free agency to to begin. And we hope you have had a great time this week following along with our draft coverage. And we'll see you back here again next week for another great episode of The Press Zone. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.